Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, God. Nobody like Jehovah. Amen. Nobody like Jehovah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 Mm. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to go in the word, but we're going to be still. We're going to be still and know that God is still God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory, God. Mm. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you for your presence, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, God. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. 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 We can't move. We just got to stay right here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you can, open your Bibles to Luke, the 10th chapter. I believe God has a word. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Luke, the 10th chapter. I'm going to begin at verse 38 and end at verse 42. And I believe some of us are familiar with this chapter. Hallelujah. Luke, chapter 10, beginning at verse 38, ending at verse 42. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Mm. And the word of God now reads, hallelujah. Now it came to pass, as they went, they entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving. And came to him and said, Lord, does thou not care that my sister have left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. I want to talk this afternoon on working for Christ, but not taking the time to commune with Christ. Working for Christ, but not taking the time to commune with Christ. We've been talking about grave clothes for such a long time, and I pray that um, as y'all have been getting the teaching on grave clothes, the teaching show you you. You're not trying to look for nobody else. You concern only about you and that should be our concern us to make sure that we're not wearing something that we should not be wearing and I was going back into grave clothes but this is going to fit right into what we've been talking about last Sunday I um, talked about for two Sundays what you put out is what you produce and when we put out something it comes from within us because God worked from the inside out not the outside in The devil want to work from the outside to bring it in. But God comes from the inside out. So the enemy know that whatever you put in your heart is what's going to come out of your mouth. And some people will think even in their mind what they're not saying literally out of their mouth. But guess what? That still have power. Because the Bible says a man thinking in his heart, so is he, so does he become. So even though you don't open your mouth and speak it, Your thinking will affect how you feel on the inside. Your thinking will control your mind, your will, and your emotions. That's your soulish area. So when we change our thinking, we can change our way of living. But if you don't change the way you think, you're going to live just like the world is living. But yet, we say that we have accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. 
we should be wearing different clothes from what the world is wearing. And people should know that when we walk in a room that we are different, even when we don't say anything. They know that there is a difference because there's a light that's shining even upon us. And that light is the glory of God that's coming through us. But then when God gave me this dealing with Martha and Mary, and we hear about this all the time, but when God brings something back in the house, it's a reason for him bringing it back in the house. He said, we're working for Christ, but we're not taking the time to commune with Christ. We have a lot of workers in the body of Christ that's working, that's doing things that they feel like they need to be doing. But when you're working for Christ and not communing with Christ, your work is in vain. You ain't doing nothing but wearing yourself out. Some people do it because they want accolades. They want somebody to exalt them. They want somebody to know what they can do. And it even can come through the word of God. We can work the word of God. And we work the word of God because we want people to know we know the word of God, but we still are not communing with Jesus the way we need to commune. Because if you are, you wouldn't be trying to work something just to get attention from it. You would be in it saying, God, I'm in the word to bring glory to you, not to myself. So we see that Martha, she invited not only Jesus to come into her house, but she invited his disciples as well. How many y'all know that when you invite people to your house, you want to be hospitable? You want to make sure that their needs are met. You want to make sure that they have everything they need when they come in your home. You want to make that home a place of welcome. And that's what Martha was doing. But Martha got out of the way of doing what she was doing. So she received him into her home. That means she welcomed him to come into her home. But then it said, Mary, her sister, sat at Jesus' feet. And I want you to know something. Um, Get a mental picture. Jesus is right here in the middle here. And Mary, when Jesus came in and he sat down, Mary come right up to him. And she sat at her feet. And when you're at somebody's feet, it's like a humbling position. It's like where you're saying, I'm ready to hear the word of God. I don't want no distractions around me. I want to be right up to that person so I can really hear what they have to say. So Mary took her position at his feet. Martha took her position in serving. Now understand both positions are important, but they have to balance one another. And if they're not balancing one another, guess what? They're not going to work. Because God has servers in the body of Christ. You can be a server. You can be anointed to be a server. You can be one that's always up doing something, trying to prepare, trying to get things ready in the house of God. But if you are not taking the time to commune with God, that serving is just in vain. It's just something that you're doing outside of him. And remember, God gives us these gifts, but he gives us these gifts to use for his glory. It ain't for us to get nothing from these gifts for people to tell us how good we're doing. Because we're here to serve him, amen? And when we serve him, we want to do what the word tell us to do so we'll be able to serve well. So this is what Martha did. But before I get there, in the word of God, it talks about Paul, who was up under Gamaliel before he, um, you know, was uh, apostle. He was getting teaching up under Gamiel, and Gamiel supposed to have been a great teacher. The Bible said in that um, book chapter, Acts 22, that Paul was at his feet. So anytime you see somebody at somebody's feet, they're ready to learn. They're willing to learn. They're giving all attention to the person that's speaking because they know they need what that person have. It goes back with Elijah in the Bible. He was a prophet, and he's the one that come after Elijah. He had the sons of prophets, and what they did, they got at Elijah's feet. Why? Because he was teaching them in the area of being prophets. So they were right there at his feet. Can you imagine being that close to someone? You you read up to them. Sometimes people say, give me some room, give me some room. But you're very adamant because you say, I want to get as close as I can so I can hear what's being said. Have you ever been watching TV and your eyes are directly on that TV and your husband want to start talking while it's getting to the good part? Have y'all ever been there? 
and you're trying to tone in to what the TV is saying and you're trying to tone him out because you're saying, don't he see that I'm watching television? But then it seemed like to get louder and louder. Manda, don't you hear me? Wait a minute. This is the good part. <laughs> so I'm like this right here, leaning a little bit farther. Or you'll sit up in your chair and you'll try to get as close as you can to the TV. And guess what? The sound is all in the room, right? And that's how it should be with the word of God. So Martha was doing her part, but this is what the Bible says. It said, but Martha was cumbered. Cumbered mean overly occupied, too busy. She was cumbered about her serving. She was doing a good thing, but she was overly occupied. She was too busy. That means that she was putting this before she was putting anything else. She was making this her number one priority. And some people say, what's wrong with that? If a person is a good server and they're making sure everybody is getting what they need, what is the problem? The problem is Jesus want to be number one. See, she was working for Christ, but she was not taking the time to commune with Christ. And there has to be a balance. I don't care how much you work in the body of Christ. You can be in here working more than anybody else. But if you ain't taking the time to commune with him, that don't mean anything. People are seeing what you're doing, but it's the life that you're living outside of what you're doing. So this is the problem with the church. We have so many people making sure that they do what needs to be done, but they don't commune with Christ the way they need to commune with him. So she was overly occupied. It says that with her servant, she was too busy. Now, this woman had the audacity, y'all, to go to Jesus and say, Jesus, she said, don't it bothers you. I'm, I'm paraphrasing it because I can see her right now. She said, Lord, do you not care? Come on, who talked to Jesus like that? Do you not care? So evidently she had a place with him because Jesus was hanging with Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. But she said, don't you care? Don't you care that my sister's not helping me serve? So th- this is what the Lord began to share with me. Y'all know how we get overly busy? We get cranked up. We all over everywhere and everything. Come on, anybody ever done that? You from one room to another, you overly busy, your kids sitting there, and they act like they don't even see you there about their business, and you trying to vacuum, you trying to wash the dishes, you trying to cook, and they just sitting there. And all of a sudden, you rear up and you tell that husband, can you please tell them to help me? Don't you care? Do anybody know where I'm coming from? Because you overly busy with what you're doing and somebody else is sitting down and they relaxing and they at peace and you toe up from the flow up and the husband's sitting there like ain't nothing going on either. Now nah, I ain't talking about my husband because my husband don't do that. My husband ain't going to let me do everything and let my kids sit there and do nothing. They, they better jump and jump quick. But anyway, so this is what was happening. She's going to tell Jesus, don't you care? She said, don't you care that my sister's not helping me serve? So I want you to see that whole scene. So she's going to tell Jesus that. But this is one thing the Lord told me. Even in her frustration, she still talked to the Lord. How many do it? In your frustration of the way people do you or you feel like they don't want to do nothing, you will begin to talk to the Lord in your mind and say, Lord, get their attention. Don't they see I'm the only one vacuuming these floors? Don't they see that I'm the only one cleaning these toilets and they the only one bringing this dirt up here in this church? Don't they see what's going on in this church? Lord, you need to do something about them people. Come on, I know somebody done said it. Because you're so busy and everybody else act like they don't see nothing. Don't they see? Do you always have to tell them, Lord, why don't you just tell them, Lord, what they're doing? Tell them about themselves. So she did go to Jesus, but it's the way she came to Jesus. She come to Jesus out of her frustrations. She come to Jesus out of how she was feeling. She was overly busy. She was overly occupied. Come on, we go to Jesus like that. But let me tell you something. When you go to him like that, he already know what's blocking you. Because you putting things ahead of him and he want to be first in your life. So she was overly concerned and this is what's happening to the church. We get so wrapped up in position. 
We get so wrapped up in title. We get so wrapped up in hear me, see me, be attached to me that we forget that we serve a mighty God. We forget that we need to commune with him and see what he has to say before we go into our day. We're supposed to take the time every day to get before him. But what happens? The thing that occupy you the most is what you serve in the most. The thing that you run to the most is your God. That's idolatry. Whomever, whatever you put in ahead of God, that is your God. When you don't take the time to commune with him, you can work in the church and people can give you high fives and saying how good you do what you do. But without him, you're nothing. So we have to understand that. So she said, don't you care? Then she had a nerve to put bid her. Come on, she's talking to God like that. Talking to Jesus. Bid her. What, what she was saying is, you tell her to come help me to serve. Come on, she was bold, wasn't she? She's talking to Jesus and I did not get to tell her to come help me. Bid her. And Jesus in his position. See, this is why we have to commune with God. Because if somebody come up on you like that and going to tell you what you need to be doing, you're going to know if you've been communing with him or not. By what's coming out of your mouth. Come on. You're going to know if somebody come in your face and tell you, oh, I feel it raying up right now. Because some people say they better not come in my face. See, that tell me how much communing you've been doing. Because when you're really communing with him, you're going to humble yourself. You're not going to come at them any kind of way because they're coming at you in that state. See, you have to stay in your position. And your position is who you are now that you're in Christ. And you got to remember it's not about you. It's about him. We need to take our mind off of positions. The devil is setting people up to get their minds more focused on positions and more focused on titles that they truly ain't communing with God. Because if you're communing with God, you ain't worrying about no title. You ain't worrying about no position. You're saying, God, here I am. Use me when you want to use me. Do for me. Do whatever you want to do in me so it'll come through me and people know who I've been with. See, when you start out wrong, you end up wrong. So this is what Jesus began to tell Martha. And I like how he said it. He, he, Jesus just something else. Listen to what he said. And Jesus answered. Now, he will answer you. He answered and said unto who? Martha. He said, Martha, Martha. <laughs> he had to call her twice. Martha, Martha. Don't let him call you twice, okay? Don't let him call you twice. He had to call Martha twice, and he said, thou art careful. Now, he's telling Martha, this is what's wrong with you. I'm still talking about these grave clothes, y'all. He said, Martha, this is what's wrong with you. Now, you come to me, and you want me to get on Mary, but it ain't got nothing to do with Mary. It got something to do with you. That's why some people don't want to go to him. People are not really like Martha, some people. Some people gather their own conclusion. And they go on what they believe. And some people do talk to Jesus, but they don't want on an answer for Jesus. Because they don't want to hear what he has to say. But he said, Martha, Martha, you are careful. Careful means anxious. And then he went on further. He said, not only are you anxious, he said, but you are troubled. Troubled means in the mind. You are disquieted in your mind about many things. So he just hit the nail on the head. He just got to the root of the whole thing. He said, Martha, this is what's wrong with you. He said, you're too anxious. Your mind is everywhere. It's in many places. So he letting her know, this is what you need to do, Martha. Mm. Have we taken the time to hear God about us? Have we taken the time while we down in our husbands or our wives or our friends or our kids or whoever it may be, have we taken the time to say, God, am I a Martha? Am I a Martha, God? Am I doing just what Martha was doing instead of doing what Mary was doing? So God began to tell her that. And then she said, then he said, but one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. So God said the part that Mary chose was the thing that is needed to be at my feet. Because if she's at my feet, she'll be able to carry out what needs to be carried out. Mary was there to help Martha. But Mary knew I can't help you outside of Jesus. 
See, that's what we don't recognize, y'all. We want somebody to put us somewhere. Then you get where you want to be put, and then you find out you can't even carry it. And the reason why you can't carry it, because you ain't taking the time to commune with Jesus. You want people to know you got a position. You want people to know that you can usher, you can sing. You want people to know that you can preach, that you can teach. You want people to know that you're an apostle, you're an evangelist, you're a pastor. But one thing that's happening and all that you want people to know, you ain't communing with Jesus. And if you ain't communing with Jesus, I don't care how long your title is. It can be Ph.D., D.H.D., whatever the D is. But you ain't going to do nothing outside of him. Whatever you have in front of your name will not matter outside of Jesus. It's too many people trying to get titles, trying to get an education just to feel important, to get people to come to them. And in the church, we got to quit this. Because we are chosen, and this is why Jesus said Mary had to choose. And Mary chose to be at my feet. He said, do you choose to be at his feet? Is that your first priority to say, God, out of everything else, I want to be right here at your feet. God, there's no other place that I can find what I need except at your feet. Because the Bible said that Mary was at his feet to hear the word. She knew faith come by hearing, and hearing come by the word of God. And by her being at his feet, guess what? I believe that she was so humble, she didn't jump up, ready to fight her own sister. Because she was at his feet, and she knew what was behind what was going on with Martha. See, what the enemy want to do, y'all, when you at Jesus' feet, The enemy want to use anybody in every situation he can to move you from his feet. Come on, try it. Pick up the Bible and see if you don't get this many telephone calls and never got no call until you picked up the word. Come on. When you're at his feet and you're ready to tune in to Jesus and you're ready for Jesus to love on you, seem like the kids be cutting up. Seem like everything begin to cut up. Seem like your body don't feel right. Seem like your mind, you can't even think right because you want to be at the feet of Jesus. Come on, have you ever been there? Come on, you've been playing a moth in your mind when you're making a choice to be at his feet and then it's a merry-go-round in your head of what you didn't do or what you should have done. You need to go wash the dishes. You need to call these people. Matter of fact, you need to go to Walmart and you need to handle this. Matter of fact, you need to see what Facebook is up to. You forgot to post this. You forgot to do this. You forgot to do that. Come on. The enemy is going to bring many distractions to keep you overly occupied, to keep you too busy. Why? Because he know at the feet of Jesus, there's healing. At the feet of Jesus, there is protection. At the feet of Jesus, you have everything that you need because when you're at his feet, you can hear what he has to say concerning your situation. So Mary chose to be at his feet. And Jesus said, this is what's needful. Your servant is good, Martha. But if you don't come at my feet, you ain't going to know how to serve. You're going to get anxious. You're going to get worried about many things. Some of us in here right now is worried about many things. You come in here with your mind full of many things. When you come into the house of God, you need to have your mind clear. You need to see yourself at the feet of Jesus so when the word is coming, you're right there at his feet where you can just lay your head right there in his lap and say, speak, Lord. Your servant need to hear you today. I need to hear what you have to say because there's many things trying to come at me. There's many things trying to attack me. But I need for you to speak a word. And I'm going to wait right here. I'm not going to move until I hear what you have to say. God ain't about what I want to do today. God, it's about what you want me to do. God, I need to hear your heart. I need to hear what you want to say to me, God. So I'm going to wait right here. So that's where Mary was. She was right there at his feet. The enemy know if I can get the church so stirred up and doing things that they don't need to be doing, that guess what? God can't move the way he need to move through you. Because you're too overly occupied and you give God the little bit of time you have left and then you want to rush him with that. 
You want to rush him to speak to you and you don't even sit with him on a daily basis to know when he's speaking. You don't even know when God's speaking. Because when you go sit with him, you sit there, well, God ain't heard nothing. God ain't heard nothing. Speak, Lord. God, you ain't said nothing. But the more time you spend with the person, God could come in a stillness, in a quietness. He's speaking. He's speaking through peace. He's giving you peace even in the midst of that situation. That's why when you're at Jesus' feet, you can get the peace you need. Being at his feet. And guess what? When you leave from his feet, that no matter what comes up in your life, you're taking that peace with you. Oh, my goodness, y'all. You're taking it with you. You ain't leaving it at his feet. Come on. He gave you some peace through the word that he spoke to you this morning. So will whatever come up, even in the midst of the storm, you carrying peace. Because you've been with peace. See, whoever you be with, that's what you're going to carry. If you be with a gossiper, you're going to carry gossip when you leave. Because you're at the feet of gossip. If you're at the feet of jealousy, you're going to carry it when you leave. Because that's the feet you left. So God said, who feet have you been at? Because if you're at Jesus' feet, you don't hold art. If you're at Jesus' feet, you're a forgiving person. You're a loving person. You don't talk about your brother and sister in Christ. You lift them up. You love on them because you've been at Jesus' feet. And Jesus is about love. Oh. I pray y'all getting it. Because you can't tell me you at his feet and everything else is going on in your life over him. When you at his feet, you hear him. You hear what he say when he say, be quiet. You're quiet because you done been at his feet. You got an open connection with him because you've been at his feet. Then the Lord, let me tell you, you get tried, y'all. Lord knows you get tried when God give you a word. You're going to be the first one to get tried. Just the beginning of this week, um, me and my daughter and my husband, we always talk throughout the day and we I, I know her routine and everything so throughout the week I had um my husband had called her normally um he don't call her as late we'll just call and say love you good night and she'll text us back so he talked to her about 9 30 and that was Thursday night about 9 30 after he talked to her he said I told Ari to call me back and I said okay so he texted her Ari didn't text him back so he called her Ari didn't call him back so he was just sitting there holding the phone waiting because we know her routine. If we call her, if we text or whatever, she's on it. So he sat there and I said, okay, God, I'm sitting in the bed. I said, okay, God, what's going on? God said, she's all right. She's asleep. I heard that. But when my husband was sitting there with the phone, I could feel something off of my husband being concerned. He had a concern. So I'm sitting at the same time, so I'm seeing him with his phone, so I'm going to take my phone. I said, well, maybe she didn't recognize him calling or texting, so let me do it. So I did it. No Ariel. This was 1230 in the morning. No Ariel. So my husband finally went to sleep, and then I went to sleep. Then I popped up at 615. Her first class is at 8, so she normally up from 615 or 630. So I said, well, let me call her now. Let me text her now because, you know, she'll be up. So text her, called her, no Ariel. Heard nothing from her. So I'm sitting there. Now, let me, let me tell you the difference between being overly anxious. When you're overly anxious, men and women of God, you're running through the house, throwing clothes everywhere, trying to figure out what to put on because you're worried, right? No. I told my husband, I said, honey, go ahead and get up. Let's get ready because we probably might have to go to see what's going on. Now, in the midst of all of that, when you know your child's routine, the devil going to put some pictures there. Make you think something bad done happened. They ain't had a chance. I said, the devil is a lie. So when I, I'm, I'm taking my time, y'all. So I knew I had the peace of God in me because I let my dog out. I'm just walking through the house saying, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, God, I give you glory. God, you're still a good God. No matter what the situation is, God, you are still a good God. God, I just love on you this morning. So when I got ready to iron my clothes, now, y'all, this is how I am. And my daughter know me and my son and my husband. I don't leave out my house without no makeup, right? Not unless it is a um, real emergency. I'm just going to dash on out, right? 
So I was ironing my clothes and everything. And as I was ironing my clothes, just taking my time, God said, she's going to call you. I said, thank you, Lord. So I'm still ironing my clothes. And then I sat there in front of the mirror. I say, do I put on makeup or don't I put on makeup? Do I put on makeup or don't I put on makeup? Now, that takes time to put on this face this morning. Do I put it on or don't I? Now, if I was really, really concerned, why am I doing all that, y'all? I had so much peace. So later on, it was about 10 minutes to 7. My daughter texts my husband, what's up? (laughs) We still come. We still, and this is the funny part. She got a roommate. We didn't even have her number. So their buildings, you cannot get in their buildings, y'all. Not unless they come down and let you in because it's locked. So this is the vision I'm getting. When they talked to the girl, I said, look at him. I was going to make some calls, but the Lord wouldn't let me. I said, I saw Apostle, because Apostle ain't that far, playing a Medea. <laughs> In my mind, I saw her in front of the school looking like Medea. <laughs> then I said, oh, Jesus. So I said, no, I ain't calling her. I ain't calling her. I ain't going to do that. I ain't, I ain't calling nobody. See, I was at peace. Then I said, I called my daddy. Nope, they ain't calling daddy because he won't be able to sleep, won't be able to get no rest. I ain't calling daddy. So we didn't call nobody. But then I got a visual. I said, Ariel, this is what I was going to do. I was going to tell your daddy, <laughs> I was picking on her. Take that tall ladder, put it on the back of that truck. We're going to pull up at your school, and I'm going to have him to climb up to where you are. I had to get a laugh in, y'all, and knock on your window because we know we can't get in, not unless you let us. So Aria say, she on her way to class, y'all. She sent me a text. She said, Mama, you put on your makeup, laugh out loud. What am I saying to you? I was a Martha and a Mary. But if I had not been at Jesus' feet, I would have been way toe up like a Martha. This is what I'm telling you. That's why you have to be at his feet to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say to you so you won't be running around like a chicken with your head cut off. Even though it didn't look right, even though it didn't appear right, I still had the peace of God. And the thing was, me and my husband sat there and we had our Bibles open, reading the word of God. And I told my husband this actually to be kind of funny. Jeremy normally call us every morning when he go to work. He would text us and say, I'm here. So I said, you heard from your son this morning? He bust out left. Tell me, there he is. Want me to call Jeremy? Want me to call Jeremy? <laughs> so Jeremy got him a good laugh. What am I telling you? When you're at his feet... When something come up in your life and you don't know what's going on, God will give you some peace like you never had before. When you stay, you got to stay at his feet. You can't be just part-time. You can't be at his feet when something happened right then. Now you're ready to get in his presence because your life is in turbulence. Because you're all toe up. So now you're ready to be at his feet because everything is toe up. So when nothing is toe up, you don't think you need to be at his feet. You need to be at his feet every day of your life. You need to stay at his feet and say, God, I'm not moving. I need to hear your heart today. I need to hear what you have to say. Then God began to show me this, how when we're at his feet, when we're at his feet, we're ready to be taught by him. And we're disciples of Christ. We're learners and followers of Christ. So he showed me in Luke 5, when we look at what happened to Peter, the Bible tells me that Peter had fished all night. Him and some fishermen in Luke 5. And it said, it came to pass as the the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. Look at what it said. People pressed upon him to hear the word of God. Are you pressing? Are you ready to hear the word of God? Are you, re- are you the first one at the door saying, I need the word today? See, those people were pressing, ready to get the word. 
And it says, and, and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them, and they were washing their nets. And the reason why they were washing their nets, because on the Sea of Galilee, they normally fish at night. So when they're fishing at night, the water is shallow, and they can catch a lot of fish. So they were washing their nets, and they wash them so the nets won't break. That's why they're washing them. But this is what Jesus did. Jesus entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thresh out a little from land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now, I want you to see this in your mind. Jesus asked Peter, that's Simon, he got in Peter's boat, and he sat there in that boat, and he said, Peter, Peter was right beside him. He said, now, this is what I want you to do. I want you to move a little bit from the shore. Not much just a little bit. And that reminds me of shallow water, just a little bit, just enough to get your feet wet. So Jesus sat in the boat and he taught the people from the boat. But Simon was right in the boat with him. Now I want you to catch this. He taught the people. So that means Simon was where? At his feet. He was at his feet hearing the word. Simon was the one that fished all night and didn't catch anything. But he was there being taught, y'all. He was right there at Jesus' feet. After Jesus got through teaching, this is what he said. He said, now, when he had left speaking, he said unto who? Simon, the one that was right there at his feet. He said, Simon, launch out into the deep. Some of y'all are trying to launch out into the deep, and you ain't at his feet. I'm going to say it again. Some of you are trying to launch out into the deep, and you don't be at his feet. So he said, now you can launch out. See, he, Jesus has to be the one to tell you to launch out. You don't just launch out on your own because you see somebody else with a ministry. Or you see somebody else that's singing. Or you see somebody else that's dancing. Or if you see an usher, you don't just launch out and do it because you feel like doing it. See, you got to be taught the things of God. You got to be a learner of Christ. People don't want to learn no more. They want to launch out. And this is why ministries are failing because you launching out and because God told you to. You getting words from different people telling you this is what you need to be doing. This is how you need to be doing it. Y'all got many words from many people. But I said, until I hear Jesus, I'm not moving. I had a lady that was coming to my house for Bible study. Sweet lady. And this lady would not give nobody license unless you went through her school. But she was there teaching um, for Bible study um, on Tuesday nights. And the Lord had told me, you know, told me, he said, I have chosen you to be an evangelist. And he said, someone is going to tell you that you least expect. He said he had chosen me. So I took that word and I put it on the shelf. Because when God gives you a word, he just don't stick you out there to evangelize. You got to be taught. You got to be prepared to do what God has called you to do. You just don't run and do it because you feel like doing it. So when the lady come that night, she said, I need to see you outside. I said, okay. So when she, when I went outside with her, she said, I got to do this and I got to do it quick. I got to do it quick. I got to do it quick. I'm going to go on and give you your license. I don't know I'm going to do this, but I'm going to go on and give you your license. I'm going to go on and let you be in an evangelist. And I looked at her and I said, no, thank you. Because I knew. I said, something is up with this because now you don't do it, but now you do it. But God checked me and let me know, "Uh uh-uh, that ain't the one. That's not the one that's going to ordain you in that. So I had to hear God, and I did not let her give me a license just to say, I'm an evangelist. Because I was waiting on the Lord, and the Bible said, those that wait on the Lord, he shall renew your strength. And when he renew your strength, you shall mount up with what? Wings as an eagle. And you're going to soar. And when you run, you're not going to be weary. When you walk, you're not going to faint. Why? Because you're waiting on him. See, God prepares you for ministry. So when things happen in ministry, and because you're at his feet, you know how to handle it. When nobody want to give in to the ministry, when nobody want to show up for the ministry, when everybody want to cut the fool in the ministry, because you're at his feet, you can continually do what God called you to do outside of what man is doing in the ministry. Outside of them not liking you. Outside of them talking about you. So he told Peter, he said, now, Peter, you can launch out. 
Now, this is what Peter said. Now, we got to be honest with God, right? Peter told him, and Simon Peter answered and said unto him, Master, we have told all night and have taken nothing, but nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Now, look at what Peter said. He was honest. And Peter let him know, I couldn't do it. You got to be honest with yourself. You got to say, Lord, I told all night. I tried this and I tried that and it ain't happening. It ain't working. But because you told me, I'll let down the net. So Peter went on what God said and not on himself. Because Peter could have said, I'm not going to let down no net. I've been fishing all night and I didn't catch nothing. He came out of himself. And he said, God, I'm going to take you at your word outside of what I've done. Because it's not about me. It's about your word. So when he let down the net, the Bible said, when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and, they, and their net break. Guess where the miracle was? They don't fish in deep water. It's shallow water where they get all the fish. But he said, I want you to launch out in the deep because he wanted him to know it ain't man that's doing this. It's God that's doing this for you. When I told you to let down the net, the fish was already out there. Y'all got to hear what I'm saying. The fish was already out there waiting on him because it was his time to launch out. So it didn't only benefit Peter. The word says, and they beckoned unto their partners, which was in the other ships, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships. So they began to sink. Look at God more than enough. And it said, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. Look what the Lord did that changed Peter's life. And if Peter hadn't have done what God told him to do, this wouldn't have happened. But because Peter believed God, because he trusted God, he did what he said, and by this happening, Peter recognized who he was. I'm a sinful man. See, when the word comes and the word tells you something, and you're seeing what the word does, if you don't recognize what you need to do, that means you ain't hearing the word. If you still stuck on, I got to do this myself, you ain't heard the word. Your first priority is your busyness. It's what you want to do. You ain't hearing God speak. Because God will send somebody to you. Matter of fact, he'll send a donkey. He'll send a donkey. He'll send whoever he wants to encourage you because God don't want you to fail. God want to help you. He sent people along the way to help you. And some of us don't even see God even in the midst of people because we stuck on everything else and everybody else. So you got to be willing to hear what the Spirit is saying. So Peter recognized that he was a sinful man. And this is what Jesus said. For he was astonished and all that were with him at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. And it goes on in verse 10 it says, And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not. From henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ship to land, they forsook all and followed him. Look at that. He was letting him know, from this day forward, you shall catch men. See, some of us are going out and we're trying to evangelize, but we ain't been taught. We haven't been at the feet of Jesus. Let me tell you something. Flesh wear off after a while. Flesh get tired after a while. When you ain't getting what you thought you were going to get, Flesh get tired and flesh will just not do nothing because you thought this is how it should be done. Let me tell you something. The enemy will set you up. But when you hear God and God tell you what to do and it look impossible, that's God. Because God take the impossible. He make it possible if you would just believe him. God ain't going to take something in the natural. He going to take something that's out of the norm to let people know that he's God. He said, now, Peter, you can go out and you can evangelize. Because guess what? You are at my feet. You are a follower of Christ. And the thing is, when we're followers of Christ, we will forsake all and follow him. Some of us haven't forsook anything. 
We don't want to give up nothing. Forsaken all means you give up your husband. You get up, give up your kids. You give up everything that you holding on to that you put in first place in your life and say, God, I'm putting you ahead of all of this. You're supposed to put God ahead of family because it don't matter what family say or what family think. If you're on God's side, you're on the right side. And God will take care of the family. Come on, if you're at his feet, you'll let your wife know and your husband know, I love you, baby, but I love God more. So I'm going to do what God tell me to do, not what you want me to do to make you happy. Because I've been at his feet and he told me I got to let go of you because I'm holding on to you like an idol. So I'm letting go of you. I'm letting go of money. Because I've been at his feet and he's telling me all I want to do is get money. And I'm drumming up ways to get money. He said, you got to forsake all. In order to really stay at his feet, God said, what are you willing to give up? What are you willing to forsake? I guarantee you that some of y'all that's hearing this message today, if you go back and take it to a loved one, the enemy going to use them and try to twist the word. Try to tell you totally something different than what God has said. The enemy will twist it. Why he want to twist? Twist it because he want to use you the way he want to use you. And he, he don't want you to tell nobody the truth because the Bible said, sanctify them in truth. Thy word is truth. So when you get happy about the word and you begin to talk about what God said today, I guarantee you somebody will come up and say, no, they ain't exactly what it said. Because they don't want, the enemy don't want truth. Because the Bible said when you know the truth, the truth is what makes you free. The enemy don't want you free. So if you telling somebody, I'll, I'll look at this. Remember Mary and Joseph in the Bible and Mary, she was betrothed to Joseph back then and there. They were um, already married, but they weren't exactly married until they would come together sexually. But everybody knew that Mary belonged to Joseph. So Mary got pregnant and the baby that she was carrying was Jesus and she was impregnated by God because the Holy Spirit came in and, and overpowered her, overshadowed her. And that's when she began to conceive Jesus. But she couldn't conceive him until she said, God, what did she say? Be it unto me according to thy word. She had to let go of herself and what she believed because Mary knew I haven't been with the man. But she said, I'm going to take your word. I'm going to believe and trust your word. Come on, can you imagine? Joseph knew when Mary left to visit Elizabeth, her stomach just as flat as a boy. But Mary come wobbling back like a duck, and Joseph looking at Mary, and his first instinct, who you done been with? I know that baby ain't mine. So he was going to put her away privately. But guess what? When God have a plan, he'll take care of the house. God's going to put your house in alignment to what he's doing. So if you're having trouble in your house, you need to go back to God and say, wait a minute, God. Now, I know what you told me. That's why you got to stay at his feet. I know what you told me, but my husband cutting up too much. He cutting up too much with this. I know what you said. But when God is in the midst of the picture, even though the husband is cutting up, even though the husband want to stone you, God will visit him in his sleep. He will visit her in her sleep, and he will say, this is of the Lord. Don't touch it. And when the husband or wife wake up, they will say, baby, whatever you have me to do, I'm going to do it. Because the Lord is not going to have a divided house. The Bible said a divided house cannot stand. God is going to set things in order the way he want it to be, not the way we want it to be. Don't go before your time. Don't go out there and jump and do things before your time. You got to wait on the Lord. You got to get prepared for what God has called you to do. And that's what was happening here. Even with Mary and Joseph, even when Mary carried the baby, guess what? That baby was protected because that baby come from God. So anything that God gives you, God is going to protect what belongs to him. Because God wants you to, to deliver what he has given unto you. But the enemy will come in. The Bible said when the enemy come in like a flood. He said the spirit of the living God that's on the inside of you should raise up a standard against him. If the enemy is coming in your house like a flood and you sitting there like a stump on the log and you're not allowing the spirit to raise up a standard, something is wrong. We're supposed to have a voice for God. 
So what, what do we do to stay at the feet of Jesus? The first thing that you do, you got to recognize you can't do it. You can't do it. You have to get rid of yourself. That's why Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, but it's Christ who lives in me. Paul had to recognize it wasn't about him. He had to recognize that everything that I need comes from Jesus. You got to recognize that he's divine and you're the branch. And he said, without me, you can do nothing. We're not recognizing that without Jesus, we can't do nothing. We say that we're saved, but we leave him out. You can't leave him out of nothing that you do. The Bible said, trust in him with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all your ways, and he shall direct your path. But you got to trust in him. That's the first part is you. You still got to do something. So we have to recognize that we can do nothing without him. We have to recognize that we don't live by bread alone. But by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. You got to know your word. The word is your spiritual food. You cannot live without spiritual food because you are a new creation in Christ. And being a new creation, you got to feed off the word of God. The word is your spiritual food. The Bible says that the flesh profit you nothing. The spirit quickened the flesh, prophet, you nothing. He said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. I don't know about y'all, but I want life from the word. Because apart from that word, I can do nothing. I am nothing. So I need the word of God. So every day you should be going into the word, knowing what you need. I can't live without this word. I have to have the word. Getting back to the vine. And the branch, y'all know like a grapevine, every now and then it have to be pruned. Because if you don't prune it, it's going to have some things up that it's going to stunt the growth. Where you won't be able to get, that tree won't be healthy. So you have to prune it back. We got some things in our lives that we got to prune back. That's why when we're at Jesus' feet, he'll say, you got to be pruned. It's some things that you holding on to and it's stopping you from growing in the Lord. So you got to be pruned. You got to let go of these things because it's holding you back. You're not bringing forth the fruit that you need to bring forth. What you're bringing forth ain't healthy. You got to pull back from this. You got to allow him to prune you and pruning hurts. Because when the flesh get caught up in something it's used to doing and you take it from the flesh, you feel like you're dying. People that are addicted to sodas and chocolate and all of this stuff, and you feel like you got to have it. Did y'all know that chocolate call your name in the middle of the night? It says, Willie. 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 I'm waiting on you, Willie. And this is what Willie do. Baby, baby, go in there and get me that. <laughs> I can pick on Willie. But that's what flesh do. You, your flesh talks to you. It tells you what it wants, and if you don't give it to you, to, fl- to it, the flesh become weak, don't it? It feel like it's gonna pass out. Feel like it can't make it another further. Y'all know how it is, especially when you get hungry and you're gluttonous, and you just eat all the time. That's just your life. You eat all the time. You talk about food all the time. Food, 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 food. That's all you talk about. And then if you don't get it at a certain time, because you're feeding your flesh that food. All of a sudden, you get a weak spell. Feel like the room's spinning. Feel like you can't make it another father. And you say, if I can just get to McDonald's, I'll be all right. Y'all can laugh, but it's the truth. Then when they tell you, you got to cut out of that, cut that out, because if you don't cut that out, you're going to (laughs) die. Now you're ready to get rid of it. When you get situated and you get a good report, the merry, you have a merry heart, right? Because you got a good report. So you all right. And then five days later, you're back at McDonald's. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to God. Nothing but the truth. But when you're at Jesus' feet, you can sustain, you can sustain yourself. Because the word is what's going to keep you from you. Oh, thank you, Lord. The word keeps you from you. <laughs> Because you're the problem. That's why every day I have to remind myself, it's no longer I. 
that live, but it's Christ who lives in me. So I'm here to tell you, y'all, we have to be at his feet. We're working for Christ, but we're not taking the time to commune with Christ. You need to check yourself. And you need to ask yourself, Lord, what am I or whom am I spending more time with than I'm spending with you? Because if you are a married couple and you got one at his feet and you got the other not at his feet, then what's going to happen is that house is going to clash. It's going to be divided. And we don't want a divided house. Or you may have both people at his feet, but one think they know more than the other. God speaks to all of us in different ways. He meets you where you are. My husband can't be me and I can't be him. The way God teach him is the way he learned. The way God teach me is the way I learned. But when we come together, there's a suddenly in the house. Because he's going to bring it the way God brought it to him. I'm going to bring it. And when we come together, it is an explosion, y'all. Come on, let's get off this trip that you got to be like me. No, you don't. You got to be like him. You got to be like Jesus. You represent Jesus, Miracle Temple. You don't represent me. You represent him. In him you live. In him you move. In him you have your being. Because it's not about you. It's all about him. And I want to say this. God don't want you to hear the word. How do I know? I want you to tap the person next to you and say, wake up. He said, at his feet, but don't go to sleep. (laughs) And that's what we do when we get at his feet. We go to sleep and say, we've been there. (laughs) And you don't remember nothing he said. The devil don't want you to have the word. Because he know the word is what keep you, y'all. And the word will keep you if you want to be kept. And I want to say, y'all... We got another service today at 5, and in preparing for both of these services, I give God glory because in preparing for both of these services, yeah, there's going to be some surgery going on, but um, (laughs) in preparing for them, y'all, the enemy will come in. And all week long, (laughs) the enemy was coming in, one behind another, one behind another, but the click was 3 o'clock. This morning, I get a call, and I only had two hours of sleep. I had to get up and go into warfare, me and my husband up, going into warfare. My husband didn't get back in the house until about 7.30 this morning. So, I'm warring at home, and he's warring as well. But let me tell you something, the victory is already won. The vic- I said, God, it must be something about these messages that the enemy don't want me to bring. But I said, God, I'm going to bring it. This as sure as my name is what it is. And at the name of Jesus, every demonic force that's coming out right now. Because, y'all, I could have said, it's over. <laughs> we ain't do- but God had already prepared the word. He had already set a table. For the word, because he know what his people need. So what am I saying? If I was not at Jesus' feet, I would have took what the enemy said this morning. But because I was at his feet, I had some hallelujahs in me. I had some authority to come out of me. And I said, devil, you are a liar. And the truth ain't in you. I don't even receive that in Jesus' name. Because God is still God and he sits on the throne. And I said, God, what do you got to say to me? I'm going to tell you what God said to me. Oh, any good. Being at his feet, God will speak to you if you let him. This is what God said to me, y'all. Let me go back. I'm going right back to where we was in John, the 11th chapter. Jesus said in verse 40, Jesus said unto her, he was speaking to me, said I not unto thee that if thou would believe, thou should see the glory of God. That's what he said to me this morning. He spoke to me this morning. Then he said, then he, then he said, take away the stone. And then he got to the part and he said, this is what I want you to do. He said, because you believe me, I want you to call that person forth that the enemy is trying to mess with. 
So I begin to call them forth. I call their name loud. I say, come forth in Jesus' name. I say, come forth. And then when they came forth, I said, okay, now what was going on with them? I say, loose them from it in the name of Jesus. You can't hold them in Jesus' name. That person is doing well. What am I saying to you? You got to be at his feet so you will know what to say. You will know what to do at the feet of Jesus. When you stay at his feet, God ain't going to let nothing get over on you. He's going to tell you what to speak and how to speak it because there's power in his word. There's power in the word of God. And we got to know what you just can't. Some of us just speak. You got to hear what he wants you to speak for that situation. Because he'll give you one word. Just one. He said, this is all you need to say. You don't have to have a lot of scripture to let people know you got a lot of scripture in you. Speak what he says. Speak and so be it. It is so. So I give God glory, honor, and praise for what he has done in this house. Amen. Come on and give him a hand clap of praise. God is a good God. Do we have any visitors at this time that would like to stand? At this time.